you're going through a town, you're not there to stay. If you're going through a situation, you're not there to stay. But you're there to learn a lesson. To take the lesson and go. The word that I want to use today is test. The word I want to use today is test. Everybody say test. Come on, help me out, y'all. Everybody say test. And, and, and test, you know, some of us who didn't do well in school, we have a fear of tests. But testing is God's way of proving what he put in you. Testing is a way of, tr of trying you to make sure that you learned the lesson. Also, testing, another, another definition of test, is to prove the quality of something. Not just to prove what you know, but to prove who you are. To prove the quality of something, it goes through a testing. And the testing puts stress on the product to make sure of how much it can take before it is introduced to the public what worth it has before it is mass produced for the public's usage. Amen. Amen. I don't hear anybody here. And so we are not just being tested to find out how much we know or how much we believe, but we are also being tested so that we can be proven and set out before the people as quality products. Testing is necessary. Amen. Testing is necessary. If you go into the book of 2 Corinthians, about the 5th chapter, go to 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, and go to the, I think starting at the 17th verse. Now understand this. Test makes you a... Uh, 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 testing makes you uh, uh, an absolute uh, byproduct of something. It gives you experience when you're tested. Testing gives you experience. I don't hear anybody. Test, say, testing makes me experienced. If you go through something, you learn from it, and you have experienced something that will cause you to benefit, either pro or con, because experience is a teacher, bad or good. If you learn any lesson, it's, 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 it's appreciative. It's something that you can appreciate. The bad things that you learn in experience teach you what not to do again. The good things that you learn in experience teaches you what is right and what will progress you forward. Amen. Amen. The Bible said this, therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things are passed away. And we're going to read all the way down to the 21st verse. The old things are passed away and behold. Is that what it says? It means that there's got to be something to look at. 
And behold, after the old man has passed away, there's got to be something new for people to see. There's got to be something new to be seen of men. And behold, all things, not some things, all things, not most things, all things are become new. Next verse says, and, I, and all things are of God who has reconciled us. He has reconciled us. He has brought us back again to himself. Hallelujah. By Jesus Christ our Lord. He brought us back again. He gave us peaceable relationships again. Conciliation again. Masha, through Jesus Christ and hath given to us the very ministry that saved us. Reconciliation saved us. And now he has given us the ministry to reconcile. Hmm. He didn't save us for us to stop. He saved us to pay it forward. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the whole entire world. He's reconciled. He made peace. He made right everything again with the world through his death. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not giving the world what it deserves in its trespasses and sins, not giving the punishment deserved, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. He committed to every believer the word of reconciliation. The word of reconciliation. The word of reconciliation which is supposed to be reiterated through you to others. It is a word Hallelujah. The word of reconciliation, the good news, which is supposed to come out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Now then, we are now ambassadors. We are now ambassadors of Christ. As, through, as though God did beseech you by us. Paul says we are now I am now an ambassador as though Christ was beseeching you through me. When you are an ambassador of Christ, Christ is using you to reach other people. And they are hearing from God. Not from you, you're just the vessel. When you pick up the telephone, you're not hearing from the telephone. You're hearing from somebody else who's speaking into the telephone. The telephone is just the vehicle to get the word across. Amen. The, the telephone don't talk to you. Unless it's Siri. But the telephone don't talk to you. It is the person that has called you and used that device to reach you. So you are the device that is reaching the people as though God himself were talking. For indeed he is. For indeed he is. 
And now we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God did beseech everyone through us. Hallelujah. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be reconciled to God. Be the ambassadors praying that the people that are lost would be reconciled to God. Uh, let's end this. For he hath made him to be sin for us. The Father made Jesus to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. We have been called to testify. I started off with the iteration of the word text, of test. We have been called to go through tests to develop a testimony that will be able to testify and attest as witnesses. Everything we've been through in our past was to be used in the testimony of what we experienced through this life and how Christ changed our lives and made us a witness of his power of reconciliation. We are first-hand witnesses of Christ's reconciliation. We are, the, we are the proof positive that God takes garbage that God takes garbage and makes jewels out of it. Alas, and did my Savior bleed and did my sovereign die? Why would he devote his sacred head for such a worm as I. In this flesh dwells no good thing. There is no inherent goodness of man. As humanitarian as you want to be, there is no inherent goodness in man. There's nothing good in man except that which God has made. Every thought of man is tainted. Every thought of man is slighted. Every thought of man is a little, a little off. Every, so, every thought of man has got to be put to the test because you can't trust those thoughts. Because those thoughts are mingled with bad experiences. Those thoughts are mingled with ignorance. Those thoughts are mingled with bad emotions. Mm -hmm. And those things taint a good sound thought. And the only good thing that we can do is go to God and have him give us his wisdom. I'll, I'll, I'll keep on going until you'll stop acting like you're at the movies. I, I, I want you to understand and internalize what I'm saying. God has given us the responsibility, the responsibility to utilize all that we've gone through to reach men in their struggles now. He did not save us to put us in one room or in front of one device. Enjoy the message 
get the, the enthusiasm and get the sensationalism and get the touch and the anointing just to remain silent. The enthusiasm, the sensitivity, the emotions, the touch, the anointing is purposeful. It is to animate us so that we can go out and tell somebody something. You can't have this relationship with Jesus and him forgive you of every sin that you've ever committed and make you a promise to forgive you of the sins you will and remain exclusive, elite, elusive, aloof. No, that's not what he called us for. We are supposed to have a sense of responsibility to go and spread this news that saved us. I'm going to keep on going until I destroy this religious spirit in this room. There's a religious spirit in this room and you are not hearing the word accurately. You are not taking it in and you're not processing it. You are literally becoming a part of the falling away. And I am the pastor that must say this. In this room, people that are watching, you are in jeopardy of being one of the ones who are the falling away. Falling away from the true reason that you're saved. Falling away from the true reason of salvation. Falling away from the true work of the cross. Falling away from the true responsibility of the Christian. Falling away from the responsibility to open up our mouths and speak the word of God. The word of love. How many people are still groping in darkness because we haven't taken this seriously? Getting quieter and quieter. And I, and I love this because you must soberly now, soberly now, take on the responsibility of Christianity. In Romans, the 13th chapter, the 11th verse, it says, if you know the time, and that knowing the time, if you know the time, it is now high time to awake out of your sleep. For a while, the church has been asleep. Wake up out of your sleep. We're preaching, we're preaching positivity, but we're not preaching evangelism. And there's nothing wrong with positivity. I believe in positive Christianity. But when it when when it when it's when it's dwarfed by, when it's dwarfed by all the all the accoutrements that go along with prosperity and blah blah blah. And it makes us so lazy that we forget our task. Now we're trying to become something, get something. We, we, we want the blessing. We want the miracle. We want the prophecy. But we don't want the responsibility. We want to go to the popular church. We want to go to the exciting church. We want to be a part of the prestigious church. But we forget the responsibility. You know, we want good things preached to us. We want people to preach to us about the miracles and, the, and what God is going to do and he's going to get it. Grab it. It's yours. It's yours. Take it. Walk in the favor of God. Get the blessings. Walk in the Jabez prayers and all that stuff. That's fine and it's all appropriate. But the responsibility. But the, but the responsibility. Why do you think you've been through all that you've been through? It wasn't just life. It was purpose. Those struggles that you went through were individually purposed 
for you. Other people could not have sustained and gone through some of the things you've gone through. And God kept you in the middle of it, even the times where you thought you were about to lose your mind. Even the times when you laid up frustrated, nervous, and couldn't sleep because you didn't know how it was going to end, and the weight of it weighed on you. God gave you the power and the strength to shoulder that and to see yourself come through it. Everything that you've experienced, everything you've experienced was the making of you. There's a phrase that says, the breaking of me was the making of me. And if God allowed you through his strength to go through all you've gone through and come out to this day, to July 3rd, 2022, and still be able to praise him, it's for a purpose. Not just a selfish purpose, but it's to show those that are looking on that this is what God does. If we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear. It may hurt, but we don't fear. It may frustrate us, but we don't fear. We have no reason to fear. It doesn't cause us to fear because one thing we know is in the valley, in the shadow, with the looming death, God is with us. God is with us. He brings us through our idiosyncratic struggles that are earmarked to make us who he wants us to be. You can't go through my struggle because it's made fashioned for me. The route that he took me, you can't go through. You would buckle under it. You would run in fear from it. And the same as vice versa, because it's made specifically for you to endure your hardness like a good soldier. Because when you come out of it, you're going to testify you're going to be a witness and testify with your own testimony of how God got you through your test. I, I don't think they're getting it yet. I don't think y'all getting it yet. Some things we didn't, uh, most things we didn't ask for. And most things we didn't want. But God chose us. This is the path you must walk. Why? Because I got some great plans for you. And you got to be tried in the fire. You got to be tried in the fire. There is a, there's a Latin word for the word test. It's uh, for, 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 for testament or test. It's called testa. And it is a, 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 it is a phrase that's used in, in molding and, 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 and in making of a jar. Making of a jar. 
and you put it on and, and you see the, 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 you feel the quality of the mud. You feel the quality of the clay and you, and you have to make sure that the bubbles are then, then there are no bubbles and you put it through a, uh, you put it through a cycle and it's called testa and that's how you make the jar. And if you find out that there's a bubble that you miss, you take it and break it down and you put water back on top of it to make it malleable and then you begin all over again. To make sure that by the time you finish the jar, there is no deficiency, there is no bubble, there is no weak point, but that it can hold the water. And that it can be put on the shelf for the marketplace to be sold so that somebody else can get the good usage of it. So what God is doing, he's testing you. He's putting you back on the potter's wheel and he's making sure that the bubbles and he's making sure that the cracks and he's making sure that the deficiencies are strengthened. He's pushing out every bubble. Pushing out every bubble because every bubble weakens the clay. So he's got to push out every bubble so that the clay is strengthened. Some of you are just going through the pushing right now. Am I talking to anybody? Some of you are just going through the pushing. And it doesn't feel good. But if you trust the craftsmanship of the potter. If you trust the craftsmanship of the potter. You got to know that you're coming out as a vessel of honor fit for the master's use he's putting you through the test so that you can be used this is revelation to somebody because somebody's been asking the question why am I going through so much I'm doing what you told me to do I'm living like you told me to live I don't hear anybody here. I'm, 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 I'm holding true to holiness. Why am I going through? This is not punishment. This is perfecting. This is not punitive. This is purposeful to make sure to make sure that you are a vessel of honor. Sick for the master's use. If you believe it, put a praise on it right now. So, so gladly, our glory in my infirmities I will praise God in the middle of my problem because he's making me he's shaping me twisting me and breaking me so that when I come out he can use me and the people can see him in me you better hear what I'm saying what you're going through right now is simply a test 
that is giving you a testimony that will cause you to testify and people will be saved. Y'all don't hear me. You got to understand that God works afar off and he knew who you were when you were in the middle of your sin. But he still had a purpose for you. He still had a testing of you. That your sin did not stop his purpose. You got to look at a woman, a woman in Samaria who's going through a test. She's being put through a test. Five men rejected her. Five men abused her. Five men used her. Five men vilified her. The women scoffed at her. The women laughed at her. But she had to go through a test. And the sixth man wouldn't even give her his name. She had to go through a test. Because God had a usage of her. God had so much of a use for her. That Jesus sat on a well. And waited for the evangelist. How is she an evangelist? She's gone through so much. She's a Samaritan. God doesn't use Samaritans. Jesus said, no, she's an evangelist. And I got to give her her papers. I got to give her her certification. Some things you're going through just to get your certification. Some tests you're going through is just to give you certification. It's not from a man, but Jesus is certifying. Look at somebody say, Jesus is certifying me. And Jesus went to an ordination service. I'm using I said Jesus now. Went to an ordination service. Where is it being held? In Samaria. Because he's going to find an evangelist where religion said you're not supposed to go. Religion said that the Jews could not go to Samaria. Oh Lord. But purpose said I must need go to Samaria. Why? Because there's one evangelist that's going to start a Samaritan revival. Do I have an evangelist in this room? Do I have an evangelist out there? One woman. So he sat on the well for hours waiting for a woman, a Jew in Samaria, waiting on a woman. I know I'm preaching long, but I'm preaching strong. A woman, he waited patiently. until 12 noon and he sees a lone woman walking uphill with a wooden bar across her shoulders and pails on each end. No other woman with her. 
because all the women came at 6 a.m. to get their water at the beginning of the day. She's coming at noon where she won't have to be bombed by the mouth of the women, by the ridicule of the men, by the hurtfulness of insensitive people that didn't take it into consideration all she'd been through. Rejected by five men, made to feel like she was worthless, living with a man who was abusing her. But she had to be put to the test. Oh, good God Almighty. She gets there and finds a Hebrew and a man. And the man got the nerve to address her. Knowing that her husband ain't here. So Metagor says, you can't speak to me without my husband. But he says, woman, give me something to drink. The test has begun. Give me something to drink. She says, how be it you a Jew? Ask me a Samaritan who y'all hate for something to drink. Jesus said, woman, if you knew the gift of God that you're talking to right now, and who, who it is that's asking you for some water, you'd be asking me for some water. And I, I would give you water so that you never thirst again. You got to know how to evangelize. He's putting his evangelist to the test because she's about to be uh, an evangelist before, you know, y'all won't hear me. She's about to be an evangelist before Paul. She's about to be an evangelist before Peter. Nobody want to talk about the Samaritan evangelist. She said, what you talking about? You can give me some water. You don't even have anything to draw from. This is our father's well. We don't have nothing to draw from. He said, if you drink this water, you're going to thirst again. But if you drink the water I'm talking about, You'll never thirst again. It'll be a well of water springing up. Over the springing up to everlasting life. She said, then give me of that water. You're talking bad. Give me of that water so that I will never thirst again. And so I never have to come back to this well and deal with the ridicule. Then Jesus said, go get your husband. I don't have a husband. We paint this woman to be angry. We paint this woman to be loose. But she's hurt. Just because she's about to be an evangelist doesn't mean that she ain't got some issues. She's being put through the test right now. Go get your husband. 
testing her. I don't have a husband. Testing her. He said, you answered right when you said you don't have a husband. Because you had five of them, sister. You had five of them. He wasn't throwing shade on her. He wasn't condemning her. He was sympathizing. I understand you're hurt, sister. You had five of them. Each of them treated you badly. You didn't divorce them. They divorced you because a woman could not divorce a man. The Semitic law, the woman had no rights. She could not divorce a man. The men divorced her. Used her. Threw her away. The next one heard about her. Used her. Threw her away. They bragged about what they did. Another one heard. Married her. Used her. Called her unclean. Threw her away. Fourth one heard that this was, there's a loose woman around town. Married her. Utilized her sexually. Threw her away. Fifth man did the same. And then the sixth man said, you so used up, I'm not even going to give you my name. I'm not even going to marry you. I'm going to lay in this house and you're going to serve me. Because she's getting water to bring back to the house for the sixth man that's not her husband. She's getting water to bring back to her house for the sixth man who didn't marry her. You had five husbands and the sixth man that you're, with, you're not married to. So she's working for the sixth man. He's using her and making her do things without giving her a name. She went sunk and was hurt that low. I want you to see it. I close now. I want you to see it. So she's up there after being, she's gone through hell, but she's qualified. You've gone through hell, but you're qualified. Bishop Winans preached once, my handicap is my excuse. And she says, wait a minute. Then she, she passes the test. She told the truth. Now she goes into something that's odd, spirituality. Wait a minute. The Hebrews say that you worship God in Jerusalem. Our people say you worship God. She goes from relationship to purpose. Our people say we worship him here in the mountain. Who's right? Jesus said, the hour's coming now is where you will never, you will neither worship God in Jerusalem nor the mountain. For God is spirit. And he's not looking for Jerusalem or mountain, he's looking for spirit and truth. He's not looking for Jerusalem or a mountain, he's looking for spirit and truth. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the Father seeks him to worship him. The Father seeks such a one to worship him. She's passing these tests. She's learning. She's learning. Then she says, wait a minute, I heard, we heard that the Messiah would come. Now she goes into Revelation. We heard that the Messiah would come. Are you him? 
And he gives her an answer that he didn't even give to his disciples. He gives her an answer that he didn't even give to people that walked with him. He says, I am he. And before he could finish, she drops the bar off of her shoulders. When Christ is revealed, it drops the bar off your shoulders. When Christ is revealed, it removes the yoke from your neck. Because he's the anointing. And before he can say, hold on, she runs downhill. And she runs into the very marketplace she was trying to keep away from. She runs into the very marketplace that she was trying to keep away from. You must go into the very areas that you are trying to keep away from. You must go into the very areas that you are trying to keep away from. And she goes to the very ones that ridiculed her. Probably some of her ex-husbands. And she runs into the marketplace and says, Come! Her test turned into a testimony. Come! See a man who showed me everything I've ever done. He's here. Come see him. And she evangelized and started a revival in Samaria. Because you can't have an encounter with Jesus without the responsibility of reconciling others. Why am I teaching this? Because in just two more hours, two and a half more hours will be down the street at Western Beef, and I hope to God that you've been evangelists. I hope to God you evangelized your homes and your jobs and your neighbors and have them come to the well to drink. Come to the well that they can get everlasting waters. I hope that you become evangelists. But this is an hour where we must take on the responsibility more than ever in time before. This is time that is more different than any time in the history since the coming of Christ. This is the time that he died for. This is the time where he is about to return. And we must be the ambassadors. The ambassadors who Christ will speak through us to them. We will declare the love of Jesus Christ because of the tests that we've been through. All that I've been through was to bring me to this day.